welcome to Nerd Stocking. I'm player one, Bill, and with me is player two, Chad. Got your quarters? And what we're going to be talking about tonight is the movie Ready Player One, directed by Steven Spielberg. We've both seen it. You can start us off, Chad. Well, this is why it's perhaps as good that I'm player number two, because I wasn't ready. It's too bad that everybody died at the end. It was terrible. You know, I wanted to like this movie, but it made my daughter nauseous. (laughs) So I therefore hate the movie. You saw it in 3D? I saw it in 3D. Was it IMAX 3D? No, it was just AVX. Yeah. It was, uh, hey, let's make you puke. Like, I'm sure everybody felt green at the end. Everybody, there was a kind of weird mood at the end of the movie. Nobody wanted to stay in case there was credit anything. And right. it was just everybody's like, oh. I always look it up now. Do I need to be waiting through this? Uh, no, there's no end credits. Isn't there? Says, no, I'm, we're out of here. I don't know if I even care anymore. I think <laughs> now it's like, put it in the movie. Just put it in the movie. I don't need to know about the grips. I'm not going to read it anyway. So just put it in the movie. Maybe they could do like just a sting at the end as part of the film, right? Just a, a final coda. Yeah. Not something you've got to wait for the credits for. Exactly. Because right. they have an obligation to do it, but most of us really don't care. Well, it's very similar to uh, video games, which this movie heavily references, where the big complaint was over the last, you know, whatever, 10, 15 years of video gaming, maybe even 20 years, is that they don't make a complete video game anymore. They release a buggy mess, and then they just patch it. Because it used to be you'd go to the store and you'd buy your Super Mario Brothers cartridge, mm-hmm. and that's it. That game <laughs> no on the cartridge is all you're going to get. That's all you're ever going to get is that game. And that game was awesome. When the internet came along, you could download the update. So they decided, well, we'll just release shit and we'll update it into a workable thing. I wonder if they'll start doing that with movies. <laughs> It'll be like what Lucas did to the old Star Wars movies, right? Where you you buy it digitally, right? And then at some point it updates, and it's like, wait a minute, this didn't star Bruce Willis before, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, they do a thing on your CD, on your DVD player, or Blu-ray, where there's there is something on your heart on the hard drive of the of the device you're playing it on because it will update and put new things in. Yeah, but not into the movie, will it? I don't into know. Like you said, maybe yeah. it, maybe it will. It's like every, <laughs> it's hilarious. It's suddenly, it's like Lucas. That's the easiest thing for Lucas to do. <laughs> just right. just download it. Like you think you're going hey, crazy. You think you're going crazy. <laughs> they didn't they have guns before. They yeah. had guns before. Now they got walkie talkies. What <laughs> What's the hell? Going on? Now they're holding hot dogs. <laughs> now they're holding Oscar Mayer hot dogs. They got Nathan's famous. That's it. Well, didn't didn't. Didn't Marty McFly drink Pepsi? Now he's drinking Coke. <laughs> That's right. It's the, the new sponsor. Now sponsored by. Oh my God. I'm going to have to delete this part because I don't want to give those motherfuckers any ideas. <laughs> we got to cash in on this ourselves. Yeah. It's like Wayne's World. It's no longer sponsored by Pizza Hut. Now it's Domino's. <laughs> exactly. Well, what I wanted to say starting off too was, uh, yeah, I didn't, I thought it was pretty meh. I might not have had as visceral a reaction that you had to, towards it. Uh, really not liking it at all, but it seemed to me watching it that Steven Spielberg is like, he's now the crotchety old man, or maybe not even that. He's just, he's like the, the middle-aged guy, you know, creeping into his fifties and he's just desperately trying to seem cool. Right. Yeah. Making all these references, video game references. Look what I know. And he's just desperately trying to look cool. And uh, he's almost like in that, there is a scene in the film, Ready Player One, where, the guy Sorrento is the evil guy, right? He's the guy running IOI. Yeah, he was great in uh, Bloodline. 
Well, he was also Krennic in uh, Rogue One. Yeah. And uh, so he was pretty good in this. He's, it was, seemed like he didn't have much to work with. But uh, he uh, there's a scene where he's talking with uh, Parzival. He, he's, he's allowed Parzival, the avatar of the hero, uh, uh, Wade Wilson, has allowed his avatar to appear in real life in like uh, Sorrento's office or wherever he, he plays his game, right? So Sorrento's like trying to relate. <laughs> he's trying to relate to this kid. And there's this, there's these nerds, you know, there's a fat nerd on a headset. And he's like giving him all these pop culture references so he can seem cool. That is Steven Spielberg's avatar right. in the film. It's a guy with probably all his... He's got all the kids. He's got his grandkids in the room. Telling him, what video game are you guys playing? Overwatch? Who's over in Overwatch? <laughs> oh, Tracer? Okay, we'll put her in. All right? Yeah. Like, it's, it would seem like that to me. He's maybe referencing himself. Maybe he felt on, you know, he was underwater with all these references and he then, didn't get. And then by trying to, like, coerce him by saying, we're going to make everything in the world like a John Hughes film. Yeah. You know, it's and, and I didn't realize this, but Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Breakfast Club takes place in the same high school. Yeah, they I, mentioned that. I didn't know that before, which is interesting. But and like, although it could be fake news, it could be <laughs> fake news. I don't know if it's true. Right. I'm believing the movie. Um, but right. uh, I love the fact that the you know he said, "Yeah, we're going to change every school to look like a John Hughes school." And then when he gets accused of being a murderer, he's yeah. like, "Whoa, whoa! That was the corporate. That's corporate's decision. That was corporate's <laughs> decision." That was the only line that I remembered from the movie as being like clever. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I was laughing, um, you know, speaking of that, I don't know, it's probably the line I laughed the most at. It might have been the only thing I laughed at really in the film was he's meeting with the board and like just to give a kind of a nutshell explanation of who he is, he runs his company IOI and they build the equipment that allows you to get into the Oasis, which is this big giant VR world that this you know, kind of Steve Jobish. He's like a comic, not really Steve Jobs, but maybe Wozniak from Apple. He, he's like we were talking about. Uh, Bill US, Gates, maybe Bill Gates. Yeah, maybe Bill Gates is a better one. Like you, the USS Callister episode of Black Mirror, which you did an episode on. Um, you know, same kind of thing. There's two. There's two partners of this thing that this this VR world they've created. So um, the guy Sorrento is running IOI, which is making the hardware for it, and he's having a board meeting, and he's like. Once we uh, get a hold of the Oasis, because that's what they're trying to do, they're all trying to get control of the Oasis through this contest the founder has made in the game. He's like with the board, and he's like, once we get past uh, all you know the limitations of the advertising, I think we can fill up 75% of the player's HUD with ads before they get induced into seizures. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, like, that's right. what they're planning to do, right? And it seemed to me that was Spielberg's attempt at making a comment on the commercialization of video games. But again, it's to me, it's more proof that he really doesn't have his finger on the pulse of video games because he uses like we're flash ads in their face. And that's so, you know, nineties that that's the problem is advertising because the problem right now in video games is not that they, and they touch with it a little bit um, in the movie where it's microtransactions, which are the problems with video games right now. That's what everyone's complaining about, especially with games, the probably the most egregious company doing that is EA. Right. I'm just wondering if IOI is maybe kind of a comment on EA. EA is short for electronic arts. If you put them all together, it's almost like EIEIO. <laughs> and uh, so it's not ads, it's microtransactions and loot boxes in games where there's an incentive to like you, 
go to a loot box and it'll give you a piece of gear that makes you more powerful. It's a bigger gun. It's, it's uh, better armor. And it's like a gambling. It's like, you've got a, if you get a loot box, you might get something really rare or you might just get crap. And it just makes you want to keep going into these loot boxes. And in the games, if you, you know, using real money to buy the in-game currency, then you can get more loot boxes and try to get better gear. There's an incentive, you're incentivized to spend money and the game is crippled in some way that you need to do that yeah. to either play the game well at all, or maybe just to advance quicker so you can get up into the higher tier of stuff, right? Yeah, see, at home we have a strict <clears throat> no-pay rule, yeah. right? Yeah. And we've been um, we've been playing Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare. Yep. And in that, there's we've now hit a spot where you have to get this chest and you have to unlock. You have to un- uh, unlock this chest, right? And you need a certain amount of coins. You have to go to this other little elf guy or something, and then he gives you a key, right? And you need a, a bunch of keys to open the chest, not just one, right? But we've, you know, it's been pointed out to me that the amount of work that is required to open that chest now, which is now required to get to the next part of the game, right, is endless. We're going to be at it for like <laughs> it's going to take us a year, right? You know, we'll have to go just go play other things. Unless I buckle, I, I give in and pay. Right. That sucks. Yeah, that's what they're trying to do. That's the real danger. That's the rot right now that people are seeing inside video games. It's just this constant cash grab, this incentive to spend money. And like I said, when we're talking about patching, they cripple the game now, not necessarily because they don't have enough time or whatever. They cripple it now to make it so that to in order to fix it, you need to buy, pay money to actually fix it, right? And it's just, it's a huge uh, cash income for these guys. So you pay Canadian $80 for a video game and then you, you, have, to, you have to spend all this money on, on downloadable content, mm-hmm. right? And it just seemed to me Spielberg missed the boat. He didn't comment on on microtransactional stuff, although a little bit. He has a shop, they have a shopping spree where he's like buying weapons and the character is gleefully, in, you know, engaging in that part of what people now consider kind of the rot inside video game. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, the other thing, though, is that IOI, IOI? Yeah. Um, the other thing that they're doing is they're not only making these things for the games. Yeah. Uh, but they are, it's like a, a Columbia House yeah. record deal, yeah. record club or yeah. CD club or whatever. Yeah. Uh, where you you get into this and then suddenly they start raising the price, start charging you interest. The next thing you know, you owe everything to the company store. Right. And you're chained to them. And then they ultimately arrest you, imprison you. And, you know, that's where this film is only set 25 years or so in the future. And it is bleak. Like, there is nothing believable that 25 years from now, they couldn't build that in 25 years. Right. Even though they're just stacked cargo boxes, basically, in these little, (laughs) in these neighborhoods. Right. You're not building that in 25 years. That's not the, that's not going to be our future, which was also very unbelievable. Yeah. It wasn't, there wasn't really good world building. No. They didn't build a good, and that would be pretty critical for something like this, a near future. So you have to build a credible world within that. You know what's funny is uh, just recently, uh, Sherry and I watched Downsizing. Oh, you yeah. Seen that? No, but I want to see Matt Damon. Matt Damon and Kristen Wiig are a couple, and there's a, it's again, it's a near future where they've come up with this. It's the f- Norwegians come up with a process where they can shrink you down to just five inches, mm-hmm. and then you'll live your life in like a uh, model, like literal, me, that would make literally me like half mo- the size, like literal model homes, right? 
And uh, you're, if you have $150,000 in assets, it translates to $12.5 million in this miniature world because everything's cheap, right? Mm-hmm. They build a big, beautiful house, but it's just like a dollhouse. Yeah. I didn't know what to really expect. Like I read some reviews, just like you always say, uh, you never, you don't use uh, Rotten Tomatoes as any kind of uh, metric for when you should see films. Yeah. And I watch. I just, I agree more and more with you because I, I looked at this. It got savage. People, critics hated it. Just got savaged. But the world building they do in this movie is so good. Like just like they didn't do in Ready Player One. There's a premise, right? And downsizing runs with this premise and it, it explores in all these different directions how society would be affected by such a thing, right? Mm-hmm. I haven't been as fascinated uh, with a film in years and years, just the, how, watching the premise play out. And it is, I'm not going to say leisurely paced. It it has a story. It's by Alexander Payne, right? I don't know if you ever saw Sideways or... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's done a lot of really great films. He's, he's a director I, I really like. And he just plays out... And it goes in in uh, different directions. I think the problem with downsizing was they sold it as kind of a wacky comedy, right? In the trailers, mm. like Kristen Wiig, Matt Damon. It's like you know you got the talking heads, you know. See, my perception don't you know, and because yeah. you know, I don't. If you can spoil it for everybody else, but just don't spoil it for me. Okay. But uh, <laughs> it, it gives me the impression I get is it's more Truman Showish. Yes, although it's not even kind of. Uh, Maybe it's because Jim Carrey's missing, but without without Jim Carrey, that's that kind of tone, right? Yeah. But but Truman Show, like we started watching, it's a pretty dark film. Yeah. You know, it's it's not one of his zany comedies. Right. It's kind of tragic, actually, because he's the orphan, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, this is where it, you know, and I've been complaining episode after episode about yeah. how modern this modern filmmaking now is getting, they're just copping out. It's all like right. just throwing special effects and fast movement at everybody. And, and people are like, you know, they're watching it. Right. But they're not loving it. Yeah. Well, it's just, it goes out of your head. As yeah. soon as you leave the theater, it's gone. So whatever happened, right? Spielberg recently said he was criticizing that iPhone movie. Oh, yeah. Right? Insane. Saying that uh, movies shouldn't be like this. They should be shot and made as a... Yeah. Fuck him. Another crotchety, just like the crotchety yeah. old man on the porch. Never thought that would happen to Spielberg, who just seemed to have such... He seemed to have his finger on the pulse of of, of youth. Yeah, but he's, right? and he still does, but except only th- from 30 years ago. <laughs> because even this film, yeah. while you say there's no world building, and I say that the future is unbelievable because it's just too close yeah right yep and and it was just kind of pathetic it wasn't really tragic it didn't show it just showed that something happened that made everybody everybody's world so miserable that they want to only now people are doing that we're on our way to that we we want to be entertained constantly yeah right like we're 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 suckers for it right? right it's the roman thing give them the games and they'll yeah, be placated bread and, bread and circuses yeah and yeah. so that's really where we're at so it's not completely unbelievable that if something like the Oasis existed, yeah. that like in the um, uh, the Black Mirror episode, yeah. that you know people would start just to fall into it. Yeah, you you'd know? retreat into it. Right. The internet is proof of that. Like, yeah. what was it just ten years ago? Well, I told I said it to my son. You're not that far gone from that. Where when he was playing a, a game, he'll retreat, he'll get right absorbed in it, right? He just totally watch him get absorbed in the game he's playing. Mm-hmm. It's like you can see how that would happen. Well, hell, ten years ago, I may I, I don't even know if I had a cell phone. 
I might have had a cell phone 10 years ago, probably. Yep. But now I'm chained to the thing. Right. You know, now I'm on Instagram all the time and I'm checking this and checking that. Yeah, Facebook. And, and it's like, you know, as soon as I have a moment of, if I'm standing around waiting for my wife to try something on at a store or my kids doing yeah, something, or any I'm immediately- my, Or any pause. Any pause. <laughs> if I'm waiting to, to pay at a store, it's, I'm immediately on the thing. So it's not completely far-fetched that if, well, that, yeah, if the Oasis was offered, but we this would is all not, be- But this is not a Steven Spielberg, you know, revelation. No. Like that, like I, we're- we talked about USS Callister and then go all the way back to Star Trek The Next Generation, right? Barkley, who we did a who I did a video on, Lieutenant Barkley. Very he had video. he uh, he had uh, a holodeck, you know, addiction. He had a hollow addiction. Well, uh, he, so would I. You make this world and then you go in and he's got all his coworkers, he's all they're all subservient to him because he's kind of a milk toast who gets walked on, right? In his real life. <laughs> so that was nineteen, you know, ninety seven or something, right? <laughs> So it's not some big revelation by Spielberg. So no, and in fact, like I was talking to somebody who who uh, today who loves the book. Yeah, it's basically fortunately apparently I've never it's, read it. it's based on a book, and, and she yeah. actually said that years ago she suggested you read it. Okay, and uh, she, <laughs> you know, she says I'm gonna hate. She goes, I know I'm gonna hate the movie, and I said why? And she goes, well, because I have. It was such a vivid book, and yep. and I had all these images in my head, and she'd asked me specifically about the Oasis world. Yep. And she goes, did it look like a video game? And I said, yeah, it totally looked, it actually looked terrible. Like, in fact, I think that the, the avatars, all the graphics and special effects, while it was all very exciting, didn't look very good. Well, I think, um, Percival and uh, Armidus looked really good. They're the only two things but that look good. But in a super cartoony, oldish, like a, like a, like an older version of avatars. Mm. She imagined when she read it that you'd go into the Oasis and it was real. It would look, everything looked real. Right. And I think that that would have been more interesting. Like, um, uh, Matrix. Well, yeah, like Matrix. It's and like the, a real, it is a real world. Right? And there was another one that I, she had said that when I, there was another film that was sort of like that too, where you go in and it's just, you know, you, you're immersed in it and it feels a hundred percent real. Right. And I think that that would have been better to to be really, even if you were using ca- characters, right? You can have all the crossovers, you can have the Hello Kitty ones, but they look real. Yeah. You know, they they look like three dimensional. Well, with Hello Kitty, you couldn't go more than what they already had. <laughs> right. But I mean, like all the characters. The, for instance, the um, the bad guy. Yeah, uh, Sorrento. 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 Oh, Sorrento. Yep. Placenta, or <laughs> he, you know, he went with sort of a Sh- Superman. Sh- Shiraka sauce. <laughs> he went for a Superman look, <laughs> yeah, right? I was going to ask you that. I guess that was supposed to be Superman. Yeah, well, that was what what one of the the sites I went to said that that was supposed to be like an Alex Ross Superman. Oh, right. He does have that kind of look, like just. But he didn't look. He didn't look good. He looked yeah. like a crappy version. Yeah. And this is where I think that yeah. Spielberg also failed in his world building because it should have been super slick. If it's right. that sophisticated, why would you have characters that look like Sims or yeah. or around like kind of like Sims? Yeah. Another funny thing in the virtual world is again it's all dark except for the race. Yeah. The race they did at the beginning was in daytime, but all, all the stuff at the final third was all in the dark again. Yeah. Again, they, sick of it. <laughs> you got to do everything in the dark. 
So everything glows and has a trail. And but it's like, so this is set in the future, but yet all the references throughout this movie yeah. are from a time when all of the kids wouldn't have any clue yeah. of this stuff. That's what I wanted to say. Like, it's a very weird mishmash where you have the Oasis where they very they strain to kind of make it look like a modern shooting a few years in the future to a VR world. Mm-hmm. But then all the kids are like up on the classic video game references. Like that didn't make any yeah. sense. It was like, well, it was like um, in Demolition Man, which I've talked about before, Sandra Bullock's character. And that's set way in the future. That's like, well, maybe not way. It's like 37 years into the future. So maybe even the same, but the same distance. Maybe. And she's a pop culture enthusiast. It's It's her passion to read about the 20th century because it was such a crazy time. Right. And that's her as an individual. The rest of the people aren't all up on their 20th century stuff. Right. And so the idea that everybody... All of these young people from 45 years in the future would be all experts on the stuff that you and I grew up with. Right. That I don't know if I'm an entire expert on all those things. Yeah. You know? Like if they had a made, again, some world building would be nice, Steve, where you make it like it's in vogue. Like maybe there's a nostalgia kick and you sell that. That this is why the kids are all, you know, you're basing this movie to, like you said, you're saying it to us, so you're making these references, and you make it some kind of fad or trend. Yeah, like, but em- that's not dealt with. You emphasize the golden age of video games when right. the world was nicer. The way that in our world they talk about the fifties, right? Right. Everything is pink Cadillacs and Marilyn Monroe and Elvis. Right. Like and then they don't talk about dental and racism <laughs> and you know the McCarthy trials or whatever. Right. You know, and so it's sort of like they could have explained that that's what they did, you know, where they've really emphasized that early, the the root, because that's what this, the guy who created the Oasis was passionate about. Right. You know, and they could have said, come go back to a simpler time. Yeah. But instead we have to believe that from 2018, where we currently are and, uh, 2025, 2020, whatever it was, uh, nothing new happened. Of like, any of any significance. Yeah, there was not one new character invented, nothing that Yeah, that know, everyone's following and wants to be, and there's like twelve twelve hundred of those on the battlefield. And you could say that he implied <laughs> it so that when the when the cars were lined up to race, maybe there was cars there that were ones that the future people will identify. Right. But still it's like, then why did he get in the DeLorean? Right. You know, why did they show they we saw the speed racer car, we saw the sixty six Batmobile, we saw the A team van was in there. Like I Yeah, have, the bat the sixties Batman, you said that right. Yeah, yeah. sixty six yeah. Batman. Yeah. Like uh, I, there's a list. Yeah. Like of, of just the cars? Of the car. I yeah. <laughs> it's like uh What's the mystery they, re- they referred to the millennium. Was the Falcon. mystery machine? No, there? no, that didn't make it. <laughs> there must be a, there, must be Hanna Barbera was like, Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Steve. Uh, we got, they referred to the Millennium Falcon as an upgrade. 66 oh, Batmobile. Yeah, right. Christine was in that. Oh, Christine the Fury. Plymouth Fury, yeah. right? Yeah. The DeLorean, the A-Team yeah. van, the Tron. Well, it was, the Tron bike wasn't really the Tron bike. Well, it, kinda, it was close enough. It looked like. And, <laughs> close and one enough. site that I was looking at was talking about all the Easter eggs. Easter eggs, Easter, Easter eggs. Everything's eggs. an Easter egg. And Just it's like, references. And her... You know, there's there's six Easter eggs on her motorcycle. Oh wow! Because there's a sticker of uh, Wonder Woman. There's a sticker of this, and that's, that's an Easter, Easter egg. No, it's just like that's like well, we got nothing better to do. Yeah. Um. Oh, the Bandit from the Bandit Trans Am from uh, Smoking oh. the Bandit was in there. <laughs> you got the uh, tripods from War of the Worlds was in yeah, there. Yeah, I remember that. I missed that, but I read about it. Yeah. Um. You got the uh, Bigfoot was in there. 
Spaceballs Winnebago was in there. Oh, right. Um, the space, <clears throat> the 2001 Space Odyssey pod was in there. Right. They showed a couple models of Battlestar Galactica and the Viper. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Buck Rogers Thunderfighter was in there. Oh my Ferris gosh. Bueller's 1961 Ferrari. <laughs> uh, the Firefly was in that. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars X-wing fighter, and maybe the. the I, I think I stopped writing after I got writer's <laughs> cramp writing down. <laughs> All the references. Oh, and and talk about vehicles. Yep. How about the Star Trek uh, funeral and. That was so when they oh, showed yeah. the designer's funeral and it yeah. was all Star Trek he motif. Tor- he was in the torpedo casing, and that was exactly the one that Spock was buried in. Uh, because apparently, yeah. there's a number on the side of the coffin that was right. the number on Spock's in Wrath of Khan. Uh, oh, a, oh uh, Mad Max's Interceptor was also in there, <laughs> and Speed Racer was in there. Go 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 go, Speed Racer! You're a demon on wheels. So it's all these references. There was nothing that that said like. You know, is this the nicer time? Is right. this the time we want to look back to? Like, right. there's just yeah. more of a big brother, like, sleep, eat. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, they live. The 80s Obey. was much better. Exactly. You know? <laughs> but they didn't even do that. Yeah. Well, the funny thing, not funny, but about the DeLorean car was like, like it, they're all just skins, right? He gets in the DeLorean car and he's just racing with it. Yeah. And I don't know that the DeLorean was necessarily a fast car. I'm sure if someone had a, you know, a Bugatti or something, Veyron. It was made of stainless steel. It was probably pretty heavy. Yeah, but it's <laughs> it's just a skin. It's not like, it, none of it was, uh, none of the IP that uh, Spielberg appropriates, he doesn't do anything with it. It doesn't seem like it's, like it's... Uh, it didn't find its thing. Yeah. Its skill. The, the yeah. thing that it was good for. Yeah. It's like when you find the ship, like when the guns... The, like I don't know a lot about video games, but yep. every gun they picked up was from a, from a video game yeah. or from a movie. Yeah, right. And like, and some of them are ridiculous. Like Last Action Hero with yeah. Schwarzenegger, there was yeah. his gun, and yeah. So it's sort of like, you know, those guns should have had specific purposes. That's what you do in a video game. Yeah, you need the the crossbow for this. You need the machine gun for that, or whatever. Right, right. You know, That's you, true. You get rid of the shotgun when you don't need that one. Right, right. And so they didn't even do that. It was like. You just look in the menu, grab a gun, and shoot. That's right. right. Uh, every bullet's the same. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. They didn't even have the bullets that went around corners like an Outland. Yeah. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> that was that was cool. That was the only cool part of Outland. What was and, the movie that had the bullet that had the programmable target? Oh, I'm not sure. I don't know if that was a CSI episode. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. You just key it in digitally. It's like, there was a re- another reference to uh, the last action hero where they drive by a theater and it says Jack Slayer in. Yeah, that's right. I caught that one. One of you know, I caught maybe one out of like 25 references that going by so fast. Well, can you imagine the 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 Uber nerds out there uh, who are just sitting there when the movie comes out? They're going to be what slow motion frame yeah, by frame. This oh, is the this is the movie yeah. for freezing. Yeah, and it's like I never need to see this movie again. <laughs> Yeah, I don't really need to see it either, I don't think. <laughs> Although, just, unless I want to pause it. Um, one thing that was funny, though, talking about De- DeLorean and Back to the Future is they had the Zemeckis Cube named after Robert Zemeckis, who's the director of Back to the Future. And it was a cube that would rewind time 10 seconds. Right, the one that looked like the Rubik's Cube. Yeah. Well, you know, there was also uh, another reference that, I don't know if you noticed, but the Monty Python the holy, hand, holy grenade. hand grenade. Again, that's a thing where it's just a grenade yeah. that will explode. Yeah. Right. I was waiting. It would have been a nice, like if Spielberg wants to take it, like really pay homage to it, then have him pull the pin and go one, 
two, five, and someone goes three, you go three, and then you throw it. Yeah. So they did in Monty Python, right? In, uh, and the Holy Grail. Did it just blow up? It just blows up. Yeah. Yeah, well, the Holy Hand Grenade did blow up. They yeah. use it to blow up the killer rabbit. <laughs> like, really take those, stretch those references out. It's just skin, just, you know. Yeah, well, because just they, something to mention. You know, they were truly avatars, but, you know, this is it is that I'm tired of being sold nostalgia. Like, yeah. we all like it. Like, we, we're suckers for it, yeah. right? And Stranger Things season one got us, oh, it's just like, yep. it's just like E.T. and just like a Stephen King film. Right. And then season two is kind of like, well, I feel cheated now because you're not giving me any substance. You're just selling me nostalgia. Right. And this now is the ultimate selling of nostalgia. Yeah. It's like, fuck you. There's, you yeah. got to give me something. I spent 60 something dollars for us yeah. all to go to the movies. Yeah. What you want to do is just make a, uh, you know, a connection. Like, don't show me that nostalgia is hollow. Like, do something with it. Make it into something new. Take something you're referencing and make it into so either something new or just be knowing in your use of it. Yeah. And there was no, didn't seem to me there was any, it wasn't, knowing any of the use of the IP. Right? Like instead of having the Zemeckis cube, why not, if you're going to be driving the DeLorean, maybe that's the thing where it can travel through time. So you get to jump ahead or you get to go back or you get to actually use it for what it was designed. It's a right. time machine. Right. You know, yeah. it's not a car. It's yeah. a car that's been turned into a time machine. Yeah. It's like, otherwise you could have the Batmobile. And if you have the Batmobile, then you shoot the rockets or then you got the, the oil, oil slick, slick and the, the back, yeah. shark repellent, like all the kind of stupid things, yeah. right? Like, like if you're going to do it, yeah. do it. Right. You know? That's right. One thing that kind of bothered me was that there was zero character arcs for any character, Right. Nobody changed or did anything or learned anything. No, all these all these kids, their parents all just died. Yeah, and you're Spielberg orphans. Yeah, right. Exactly. Their parents <laughs> died, and and now you know they're just they, unhappy orphans. And he's got who, the asshole uncle and the useless aunt who get blown up. Yeah, that's like so what? Shrug, you know, shrug, kind of shrug that off. And then the girl oh, saying, shit, the stacks exploded. Oh, yeah. you, if, if you saw me, you, you know, I don't look like this. This is not yeah. my body. So again, oh, that's, so you're not a weird looking creature with giant eyes and tiny shoulders. Like, yeah. oh, and then you see her and she's prettier than the avatar. <laughs> yeah. And they comment too. They make a comment like, could be a dude. Yeah. And the person who makes that comment H is a, is a girl. Yeah. Is a girl, right? So they make that comment. But again, Chad, you're going to make a comment. People can be different than what they are online. Mm-hmm. You know, you're making that reference now, Steve. That's really, you know, putting your finger on the pulse of the internet. Like, that was a thing people commented on the when they first started. It's exactly what you said. He is, Steven Spielberg is the villain got character in the story. Even yeah. though he, I think, imagines himself as the main, you know, like he, the, the way Lucas, George, uh, Luke Skywalker is George Lucas. Right. Right. That's how he imagines or himself he, in or that you get role. Elliot from E.T., right? That's yeah. Spielberg's avatar. Well, and, right? and so if you go through the Spielberg movies of that one, what was the one with the, um, I just watched it, the one with the, the kids and the monster on the train? Oh, 8mm? Uh, 8mm. Yeah. All of these films, every Spielberg film, the kids all look exactly the same. 
right. they all kind of look like him. And the main character in this film, again, looks like what I guess Steven Spielberg may have sort of looked like when he was a kid. And right. that's what he resonates towards, right? right? Even though I know there's casting people who find the people, but ultimately I'm sure Spielberg has final say over his cast. Yeah. You know, talking about character arcs, there's just no, like that's, the mechanics of the film, like, let alone just the thousands per second pop culture references you're going to make. Now you've got a film about these people and nothing happens to them really. Like none of them have changed. There's no journey that they take. They're just on a literal Easter egg hunt. Yeah. Right. Well, and in, you have a villain who is like the super stereotypical villain. He's a bad guy, businessman. Yeah, he's the businessman. He wants man. money. He's like, I guess he's supposed to personify kind of the greediness of video game developers or whatever, right? Or any businessman. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have the mustache to twist. <laughs> well, I'm going to get you. Yeah. And it's yeah. like. He's not like Krennic with the cloak, just yeah. wearing the cloak on his shoulders. And, and you know, <laughs> the kids are shown to be really easy, really clever. You know, they could see this kid could see right through the line that he was being yeah. sold. Or he's a dumb, the uh, Sorrento he's in his uh, VR unit and he's got his password on a stick it, that sticky yeah. note that's on the side. Yeah. Well, he represents Spielberg, right? So he's like the old guy who can't remember his password. So he's got to have it there. It was weird to me towards the end that, you know, uh, Parzival rallies the, Oasis to attack the Citadel or whatever it is, the castle. It's Castle Doom or something. It's on Planet Doom and they're attacking this castle where Sorrento is trying to solve adventure for the Atari 2600. So um, he rallies the, and they attack, right? And then it uh, switches to um, where in real life they're being chased, you know. Uh, Wade is in the VR rig and they're driving this van towards the stacks where I forget why they were going there. So in real life, Wade asks all the people of the stacks, which is pretty much this giant trailer park where he lives, you know, come help us. You know, in real life, he's mm -hmm. looking for people to help. So they pull in and Sorrento's comes in after him. Sorrento's got a, a handgun and he gets out and all the people from the stacks come in. They're all there and they're like, Oh, this is kind of, this is kind of neat. Now in real life, people are going to save him. And uh, Sorrento pulls out this handgun. He's surrounded by, you know, a thousand people that live in the stacks and he just walks through the cow and everybody just parts, leads him right to the course, van where the guys are. Get shot. <laughs> so what's the point? Well, like, cause they're not really heroes. They're just pretending to be in video games. But then he, then on top of that, he, they opened the door Yeah. and Parsifal is, is there and he's got the he's, egg. He's holding, his hands are glowing cause he's got an imaginary glowing egg in them. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And a tear rolls down his cheek, and Sorrento is moved. Oh, and he doesn't shoot. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, a tear, an egg. Oh, my dear, I'm reformed. <laughs> so stupid. And then it was anticlimactic. It was terrible. And then you turn around, and all that mob who was there yeah. rallying. And you you know you say a thousand it was like a hundred hundred people it wasn't even like it just seemed like a small cast where they hadn't started they forgot to draw in the the more people in the back <laughs> and and yeah. now they all have signs they all have like these these uh, hey go Percival <laughs> Percival's number one like all these stu <laughs> stupid yeah. signs yeah and it's like when did you make those signs. <laughs> You know the the one of the other kids in in his little team. Yep. 
the little kid, the yeah, little eleven year old. Yep. There's a scene right at the very end. So when uh, Parzival is talking with, um, uh, uh, what's his name, the English actor, the from Shaun of the Dead. Oh, uh, Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg. He's talking yeah. to Simon Pegg. Yeah. And the other, his friends are all there. That little kid. I don't know if they didn't have him around. Yeah. But you see him. You see him from behind, and the uh, his head is huge. It looks. <laughs> it's like he looks like a weird. It, like he doesn't a look. Like, he doesn't look like a, a human being. Like a bobblehead. And I. I Sorry, I know that he probably listens to this show, and I don't want to make fun of his head if that's really uh, hydro, his head. Hydrocephalus? <laughs> or no, no, I think maybe maybe it was Dig Dug, and somebody pumped him, <laughs> and his head was halfway to popping. <laughs> the heart of the film didn't work for me, what, what, what they were trying to present as the heart of the film, because uh, it's all about a holiday, this guy that invented the Oasis, and he goes on one date with this girl and then his partner ends up dating her and they're going out and they're serious. And because of that, they have this falling out and then holidays regretting it so much that those are the clues that lead uh, Parzival and his team to the keys and, and ultimately the egg. It just didn't, it's not enough. There's not enough tragedy there, right? He's, well, he's just a socially awkward guy. And I guess there's that. And the other part of the tale is that, you know, despite it being, you know, they're, they're having so much fun presenting the Oasis as this great fun place, the whole, another, the other moral of the story is get outside. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know. I get outside once in a while. They, they. <laughs> Go play outside. The, the heart was brought back at the end when it wasn't about the girl. It was about his partnership with this guy who was his friend and he lost the friendship. And that was the thing. That was the major regret. Yeah. But it was kind of like. Maybe it was, kind of like a comment on Steve Jobs and Wozniak yeah. again. Right? And, you you know, you have. I like the fact that. Um, uh, Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg was. was Shaun of the Dead. He was he was receptive to it, you know. He wasn't going to turn into a villain, right? Like we kept, you know, you kind of half expect he's like yeah. <laughs> signing the dotted line. He's sir. the guy that's controlling it all, right? And he didn't do that. He was moved by the by the moment and and whatever. And you know, they they win the oasis, and he decides to share it with his team. He doesn't want to sign the contract. He's going to share it with the team. Yeah. And uh, uh, you know, they make Tuesdays and Thursdays days off. And, you know, and it was very unpopular because, you know, get outside, kiss your girlfriend, you know? Uh, and, you know, I think that that's a, that's a fine little addition because it's, yeah. it's kind of a rabbit's hole that you're you're in. So why not force it, them to be closed? But I don't think that the socially awkward and the people who immerse themselves in video games to that degree, yeah. you know, they're just going to sit there and wait. They'll just read their comics. Yeah, they'll eat McNuggets <laughs> until it starts up again. Let's get on their phones. <laughs> check you know, Facebook. Like they'll, they'll pull out their Nintendo. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> Xboxes must still exist because yeah. they all have them because it's all they have. Everybody has everything that is nostalgia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so stupid. Like his pin, the lapel pin was a Simon game. And it was like every <laughs> single thing in this movie was just like. It was all from the 70s and 80s. Yeah, it's all looking back. Like, I'm in 2018. I just spent, you know, $18 per ticket to watch this. And all you're doing is looking back. Yeah, it starts with Jump by There's... Van Halen. <laughs> and it's like, this isn't Guardians. Guardians used the music beautifully. Yeah, well, Guardians is telling this 
great story with all these characters who all go through arcs and you're watching the characters change and form and and change their opinions from where they started. None of that's in fucking Ready Player One. No. They're just static like avatars. It's like when (laughs) when you see a talk show host or somebody's on stage and they say, you know, I was just in uh, Minnesota and somebody in the audience goes, woo! Yeah. And it's like, yeah, he said Minnesota. I'm from Minnesota. I or, or I've been to Minnesota too. Yeah. You know, yeah. and the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. I had one of those when I was a kid. <laughs> and that's what this whole movie What's was. The value added for the film. It was more Nothing. of a distraction to say, okay, well, oh look, there's this and there's that, and oh look, there's Battletoads, and exactly, you know, and there's yeah. there's Ninja the Turtles. Turtles. <laughs> exactly. It's like. God, it's oh. like it's like you're in a whorehouse. You're <laughs> yeah. in a whorehouse oh, of nostalgia. There's Freddy Krueger and Jason, there's Chucky, Chucky. They're all there. Oh my God, no, Andy this M. makes me feel so old. Think yeah. about it, man. It's like you're in an old age home. Jesus <laughs> Christ, this is the old age home of the future. Come on, Grandpa. Here, put your Play- VR on. Whoa, I'm playing Tic Tac, <laughs> pumping up creatures. Oh my God. It's really, it's kind of sad when you think about it. You know, so I, the one thing I noticed uh, was Batman. So Batman is yeah. in it. Well, it said like, you can climb, a, climb Mount Everest with Batman. Yeah. And he's climbing up the way Adam West climbed up, right? <laughs> yeah. Walking, and, up yeah. <laughs> walking up the wall. Yeah. But it's like, I found that that yeah. Batman was the Tim Burton Batman. Yeah. That was the Michael Keaton Batman. And uh, I found a lot of the movie reminded me of Tim Burton's Batman. Like all the street scenes look like the first two Batman movies. Right. Like it was just a look. It was like a fake, didn't really look like a city, a real city. It looked like a Batman city. Right. But I noticed that they had like uh, Harley Quinn was in it. But it seemed like there was all these Batman connections. Batmobile was in it. Um, And Catwoman at the end, you see yeah. Batman walk and you see yeah. Catwoman walking with him. Yep. And uh, I thought, well, maybe they just had the license for maybe DC said, well, here's Batman. You can do anything. I'll take all the Batman. Cause that's where we're going to, that's the next movie. Right? right. But then free advertising in the Easter egg page that I was reading of a, 120 Easter eggs, they showed, they, they mentioned that there was a flash was in it. Aquaman was in it. There was a few justice league people in it. Right. No, um, uh, Marvel characters that I could see. There was an awful lot of exposition, right? Like for a needless exposition needed for us, but not for any of the characters that are getting it. Like they go to the museum. Uh, Parzival goes to the museum to research. He's trying to crack the puzzles for getting the keys. So he goes to the holiday, you know, archives, the Oasis archives to learn about the creator. And they're walking down a hall and there's the curator, this kind of robotic guy. That's a, your curator. He's helping you go through all the stuff to find what you're looking for. And he explains this whole thing about what the museum's about. And they've established that this Parsifal almost lives at this place because he's obsessed with figuring out what the creator was thinking. Mm-hmm. But he spits out this, the museum was made to do this and that. And it's just, it was fucking clunky well, and ridiculous. And if Parsifal is abdi- addicted to this place and can't get enough, there has to be another reason. Like, right. is he a video game developer? Right. Is he trying to do his own thing? Is he, you right. know, does he have an idea for the future of this right. environment? Which would have been a great thing to plant. 
where right. he wanted to build on. He was so you know enraptured by this idea, and he had something to add to it. And therefore, right. by winning, he truly would have an opportunity. Yeah, yeah. To and, add. And, and but he would be like, I can do this. I can. I've got so many great ideas. And he realizes at the end, he should share it with his friends and to open up to new ideas. And he shares it with them. Wouldn't yeah. that have been great? It would have been. That amazing. would have made a punch right at the end. Now there's a point to the movie. <laughs> Steve, so, why didn't you call us, man? We're right here. Tell me something you liked, and then I have an I, I have another big bomb to drop. Okay, some, something I liked. Yeah, anything you I liked about this really movie? I really liked the shining sequence. Yeah, it was pretty great. That was good. Yeah. Yeah, I liked, you know, they did a great rec- recreation of it. It's got a nice kind of history behind it, if you know about Spielberg, and he was a big fan of Kubrick. He did uh, AI, Spielberg's AI. That was a movie that was developed by Stanley Kubrick. He was going to do it, and then Stanley Kubrick passed away, so Spielberg took over the reins and finished the film, right? Yeah, I love that movie. That's one of my It's one of my what, favorites. AI? Yeah. Which ending was your favorite out of the nine endings that uh, happened at the end? Neither. Like, well, I just, I just think the ending is a shame, but I'll even live with it because I enjoyed the movie all the way. You know, the the teddy bear saying, "Don't drop me, I'll right. break." It's like, oh my god, it's just the best. It's the best. You know. Yeah. Or I finding the that. blue fairy and it's just a statue submerged in the water. Yeah, I, I really, really love that movie. But uh, yeah, the shining the part that part was great. Uh, all the hit all the notes. They went to the room. The old lady, the young girl, turns into an old lady, and H was pretty funny in that. He was yeah. freaking, freaking out. The blood all pouring out of the elevator hit all the right notes. Just it's kind of weird at the end. Like they even make a note of it. There's no zombies in The Shining. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it was kind of weird. But I guess but it's, it's a, a game, conceit, right? right? It's yeah. a conceit for the game. But that I like that. That was pro- my probably my favorite part of the. Yeah, film. there's a lot of Stephen King references in this movie, which was pretty surprising. Like, yeah, you know. Uh, I Again, like it. it's the uh, Stranger Things effect. Yeah, yeah. Give them, give them, give them that. <laughs> bring it down because it's all everything is eighties. It's Goonies. We're, like you know, I loved the fact that Cyclops from Jason the Argonauts. Yeah, was you in see that, him in you know pounding on people. <laughs> you see him a couple of times too. Yeah. They, they bring him back. Yeah, and then I liked RoboCop, of course. Yeah, and, and, and two hundred nine. Yeah. There was and apparently the new RoboCop, which I refused to watch, so I, I don't. We wouldn't have recognized it, but he was also black, in it. He's the black RoboCop? The black RoboCop, yeah. But right. not like black that way, like black, dressed in black. <laughs> not black Michael Panther, Keaton, black. Paint, painted black. <laughs> so the other thing, talk about the lack of originality. Yep. Is. I think, actually, hold on, Chad. Hold that thought. I think I'm going to wrap it up for this one. We're going to have to make this one at least a two-parter. So I want to thank everybody for listening, and uh, if you want to get in contact with us, if you feel that Ready Player One was the most original and fantastic film that you've ever seen, then you can uh, write to us and get in contact with us, and we'll ridicule you mercilessly. You can reach us at nerdstocking.com, which is our website. Uh, It's got all our previous episodes. Uh, We have an archive there of all the YouTube films we've made, which are um, all about, I'd say, maybe 90 to... 100% 100% better than uh, Ready Player One. Although I, I think there will soon be a Ready Player One video in the future. Okay. Yeah. We got something cooking. I'm writing it now. Got something cooking there. That's cool. And um, uh, you can on, you can also on the website, you can follow our social media feeds and all that kind of stuff. So thanks so much for playing the game with us. Now, are we going to have to like sit here for a week? now yeah and then we'll start just make yourself comfortable 
Okay, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. 